It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The transfer portal is open. Who should BYU be targeting position group-wise when it comes to portaling? We're talking about that. We're also talking about a new hire for the BYU football program that could be official as soon as this week, and it's a name that's familiar to most. We're talking about all that on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, you may be checking us out for the very first time. This is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, in particular BYU football and basketball. We do cover it all here on the show. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. Now, they want to help you guys out, of course, when it comes to your hiring needs as a manager, etc. Every time you make a hire, it feels like a high-stakes wager for your business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. Let's not bury the lead. Let's talk about a new hire for the BYU football program. I am not the first to have uh, announced these rumblings slash uh, put them out there into the ether, as it were. But everything that I, as I understand understand is that BYU is narrowing in on rehiring Jeff Grimes. Yes, the former offensive line coach, uh, then turned offensive coordinator in a second stint at BYU, could be returning for a third stint under Kalani Sitake and joining the BYU staff. What will his role be? That's anybody's guess right now. I would assume it involves offensive line, run game coordinator, and or an assistant head coach title to go along with the associate head coach title that Jay Hill has. I think all of this has to do with that uh, Jeff Grimes when he came back for his second uh, tour of duty at BYU, that was uh, right at the uh, third year of Kalani Sitake's tenure, so that had been 2018, I was in the media scrum talking with him, and I, had, I asked him the question. I said, Jeff, what brought you back to BYU? Why did you pick BYU? He said, Jake, if you look at my coaching career, I have been a lot of different places. He's been to Auburn, obviously just most recently at Baylor. He has been at Boise State, Colorado, Arizona State. He's been in a myriad of different places in his coaching career. But he said, there's one place that I have returned to, and it's this place, speaking of Provo. He says, I don't know why, but I really like it here. I feel comfortable here. And really, when he left BYU, he also said the only reason he was leaving BYU is because Texas is home for him. This is a guy who grew up in Texas, played at UTEP, uh, and really feels comfortable at BYU. So him coming back to BYU should not be breaking news to any of you. It, it, it seems like a very natural fit. He has had some of his most success as a coach, both as an offensive line coach and also as an offensive coordinator during his time at BYU. Will he be stepping on the toes of an Aaron Roderick who uh, ultimately supplanted him during during his time at the tail end of his run at BYU, and then ultimately has been running BYU's offense since then, I would imagine that they've had a discussion if this is ultimately going to go down, and it's not going to be an issue. There will be absolutely very clear roles, uh, delineated, defined, and I would imagine that it will work just fine, at least on paper, because Jeff Grimes, the one thing that he brings is an expertise in offensive line play, which is maybe the chief weakness of BYU's offense this past season. They need the offensive line to be, as Jeff Grimes terms it, the team 
tip of the spear when it comes to BYU's offense. There's not a lot of things that BYU can do to differentiate themselves at the Power 5 level, but the one thing that I sincerely hope they will get to doing is being as physical on the offensive line, having these mauling, just big, mean, nasty offensive lines that are going to make teams fear going up against the Cougars. They're going to get absolutely uh, just demolished. That's one thing that Jeff Grimes had during both of the times he's been at BYU is the offensive lines were rugged. They were tough. They were hard-nosed. They were edgy. They would go after it, and they, they made life miserable for opposing defenses. That's not stuff you can say about the last couple of three seasons for BYU under Daryl Funk, and uh, that's the thing I think BYU realized. We need to get back to doing more of that. So why not bring back the architect who built that for you at BYU and Jeff Grimes? He's a free agent, obviously, having been uh, cut loose loose by Baylor. It seems like a very, very natural hire to bring him back and rejoin the Cougars. I am looking forward to this. Uh, one person that told me said that if everything goes uh, goes well this week, assume an announcement could come this week. I think it'd be very important for BYU to get it locked in. Make sure that Jeff's on the staff, locked in, and he can get on the, on the recruiting trail and start chasing guys like Ignacio Tupo, etc. on that offensive line. BYU's got a lot of bodies on that O-line that are either uh, pending a return or are already returning. So the nice part is getting Jeff Grimes ingrained, get him, getting him into the facility, and getting him introduced to these guys. I can assure you that uh, BYU football players are going to respect this man more than anybody else because the one thing that Jeff Grimes does demand is respect. This is a guy who's done it. He has got a proven track record. He's got a national title ring he can flash at these young men, and he can tell these guys, I have picked this place. I've decided to come back here, and we're going to get back to doing what we have done the two other times I have been at this place. It's, I think, a very, very savvy hire for Kalani Sitake. I know that retread hires, as, as some people like to term, them don't typically work out well, but this seems to be the exception because it worked before for Jeff Grimes. Why couldn't it work a third time? And ultimately, who knows what the future holds for a guy like Grimey and the rest of the BYU offensive staff, but this seems like a very, very natural addition for the BYU football program. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but like I said, uh, one well-placed source told me that it could uh, be announced as soon as this week. Could that be happening today, tomorrow, coming up on Friday? It's anybody's guess, but it appears that they are closing in on at least getting one higher there. Now, the other question is, who could Jeff Grimes bring with him? Could he uh, get A.J. Stewart, the former running backs coach at Baylor, obviously who had spent time at BYU previously as well before being uh, let go uh, by the Baylor staff? He could. I I think that would be a very natural thing. Eric Mateos, for all reports, is headed to Arkansas to join the Razorbacks staff, so wish him well. But the other thing is players could be uh, attractive propositions coming in from Baylor. Could he get Blake? Shapen to come in and compete alongside Jake Retzloff for the starting quarterback job BYU. Does Aaron Roderick want that? We'll see. Could he get a guy like Drake Dabney who announced, I believe it was yesterday, that he's entering the transfer portal as a grad transfer tight end from Baylor to come in. Dabney had a very, very solid season in a disappointing year for the Baylor Bears with 33 receptions, 552 yards, and 5 touchdowns. 6'5", 248 pounds, a native of Texas. Dabney seems like a guy that would fit very well into a tight end room that looks like it's going to lose Isaac Rex to the pro ranks. So I would imagine that Jeff Grimes will work his magic, obviously potentially bringing guys with him from Baylor, but at the same time, and the other name I should mention, George Miley, former four-star offensive lineman from Bingham High School, ultimately spurned BYU to pick Baylor. Uh, he was a big proponent, a big fan of Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos. He's been at Baylor. He announced he is entering the transfer portal in his own right. Does he come home and uh, rejoin BYU? Because he has said that he grew up uh, cheering for BYU and some of the reports that I have uh, read about him. 
The nice part is Jeff Grimes can help with all of that, but the first thing that needs to happen, you got to get signed, still delayed. He's got to put pen to paper, and he's got to join the BYU staff, and then everything else can fall into line after that. So very interesting times, but there's another very important thing that's happening today for BYU and the rest of the college football universe, and that is the open of the transfer portal. What does BYU need to target most when it comes to going portal in, as they like to call it? We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. Let's get a word in on our friends over at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview to get the right hire, my friends. That's why you guys need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, and they do it, more importantly, faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It is a vast network of more than a billion professionals. That's a billion with a B, my friends, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is it's easy when you have as many quality candidates as you can possibly muster. So easy that, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours from our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire effectively. And thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on college to post that job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at uh, UCCU as well. Of course, UCCU has been working on this for quite a while, my friends. The best part about UCCU, they have the learn and earn feature inside the UCCU mobile banking app. It's paying your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become financially literate, and of course, parents don't always have the right answers. So why don't you guys all learn together? Learn and earn is breaking, learn and earn is breaking down those financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational uh, games like quizzes and trivia so you can learn right alongside your kids if you're a parent. And every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points can accrue and be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. The best part is there's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against one another and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is available inside the UCCU mobile banking app. Uh, you can play it anytime, anywhere, and of course, the more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of your friends over at UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I uh, want to encourage you guys, if you have not done so already, go and sign up for our subtext community. I sent out the text last night uh, to those who are already signed up for it. They know what I am uh, talking about right now on the podcast about Jeff Grimes. They had it hours ahead of the rest of y'all. So if you want inside intel like that, you want up-to-the-minute updates from myself coming directly to your phone, it comes in a text message. It's, it's simple as that. It's a direct line to myself. Get over to the subtext uh, uh uh, link on our show notes uh, below and join us today. 14-day free trial. It's $4.99 to join after that for monthly access. Like I said, it's direct access to me. You can ask questions anytime. We can go back and forth on things, and I would love for you guys to be a part of it. And a lot of you have asked how you can support the better support the podcast. That is one direct way you guys can do that, so check that out. All right, it is portal season for BYU. The transfer portal opening up today. Uh, there is going to be an absolute avalanche of names, and BYU is not going to be uh, withstanding any of this. They've already seen the uh, Daly brothers, both John Henry and Michael Daly, announced that they are entering the transfer portal. Austin Riggs, a long snapper, announced that he's going to pursue a graduate transfer from BYU for one more year of eligibility. And then Dom Henry just yesterday announcing that he is entering the transfer portal with three years of eligibility, the former walk-on standout uh, from Florida. I, I would imagine that Dom's probably looking for an opportunity to A, play, and maybe B, be a little closer to home. Obviously a kid 
uh, from Nice, Florida, if I recall correctly. But I uh, wish those guys not some of the best. But it feels like those four are just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And we'll see how many more from BYU ultimately decide to enter the transfer portal. The bigger point is, is that BYU needs to capitalize on this time in the transfer portal. We all saw that there were deficiencies for BYU when it came to their 5-7 and seven season in 2023. And they need to improve. There's no doubt about the fact that they need to improve and be better next year. The portal can help that. Do I expect BYU to bring in the same amount of transfer portal additions as they did a year ago? I'd be hard-pressed to believe that because they brought in so many but BYU absolutely is going to go shopping in the transfer portal. Uh, number one thing I think they need to look at, uh, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to break this down in essentially a critical uh, a need. Uh, so a critical need, uh, okay, you can, like I guess, look around. I don't know how to describe these. Like There's three different levels for me. Like The level three is like, okay, you're fine. You, you don't necessarily need to find somebody unless they're just an absolute home run, no doubter. You're just not necessarily going to be looking. The next level is, okay, you look around, and if the right guy's out there, you bring them in. And then there's like the level one, which is like, no, that's a priority. You got to get into the portal and find some dudes there. So let's start with level one. The most pressing needs for BYU in the transfer portal. Number one for me is the defensive line. We talked last week, and we'll get to more of these throughout this week of our debriefings for BYU's D line. The defensive line is being depleted. Now, Tyler Batty announced yesterday he is coming back to BYU. That is very welcome news. To have a guy like that, a second-team All-Big 12 performer coming back for another year, that's absolutely awesome for BYU's defensive line, and that uh, really uh, solidifies a lot of things for BYU. We still have not heard what Isaiah Banyas' future is, but the defensive tackle position in particular needs major upgrades. David Lawtu really is the one standout defensive uh, tackle that is expected to come back next year for BYU, so you got to hit the transfer portal and find some defensive linemen find some guys who can come in and are Power 5 quality linemen. You cannot rely on the walk-ons and the two-stars of the world to really be your twos and threes for BYU. They've got to find some portal depth in that defensive line room. Another need is a a quarterback. It's a critical need that you find at least one quarterback that can compete for playing time, if not start for the BYU football program. Is it going to be easy to find? No, because uh, portal quarterbacks are as valuable as anything out there. Every other team out there that does not have a quarterback to their liking is in the same boat as you are, and they're absolutely hunting after it, and you're going to have to pay through the nose, quite literally, I'm talking about cash, my friends, to get guys to come in. Matt Rule from Nebraska lifted the lid on it uh, last week. He said a portal quarterback, a starting caliber quarterback, is going to cost you a million, million and a half, two million dollars to bring in. I can assure you that based on what I understand, BYU has the funds to get the right guys into place if it, if it comes down to needing the dollars and cents to make sense for each one of these quarterbacks. Is that is that the way that BYU wants it to be? Not necessarily, but they will get into the portal and they've got to find a quarterback uh, for BYU. Uh, other critical positions uh, for me include you've got to look at linebacker. I, I know that there's a bunch of young guys in that linebacker room and who knows uh, what the status is with all of them. I really like I think Ace Kafusi has done some nice things. I think Harrison Taggart has got a future in the BYU defense, but you're very, very young there. You lose Max Tooley, you lose A.J. Vongpachan, and you're more than likely going to lose Ben Bywater. So those are three very talented players, and you need to find at least, I think, a body or two at that linebacker spot that can come in and at minimum compete for playing time. If you want to find an outright star at a linebacker that can come in and be the guy right away, 
great. That'd be awesome because you need the the linebacking core uh, after Ben Bywater was lost for the season saw a downturn in its overall ability to defend, and that really hurt BYU's defense's chances uh, in the final uh, six seven games of the year. So you need to find some bodies there. So yeah, the front seven is absolutely critical to BYU find some guys in the portal. Quarterback, absolutely, you got to find anything else. Now the next level, level two, like you look around, you try and find the right guy or two maybe uh, to bring in. Those include tight end. I think that you're obviously going to rely on the depth that's in that room. You expect that Jackson Bowers is expected to hopefully stick around for BYU. If he doesn't, I think it maybe push, pushes you into the looking like pushing the level one where you absolutely need to find a tight end. But you also have guys like Mataava Taase, Ray Paulo, uh, Mason Fakahua, uh, let's see, also er- Ethan Erickson in that room, who obviously are be, be expecting with the expected departure of Isaac Rex to see an uptick in playing time. Now, if Isaac Rex returns, honestly, I think you downgrade it to level three. So uh, it's a very interesting position for BYU at tight end. It can go, uh, obviously, to the priority status. But right now, I'm saying it's essentially like you just kind of like, you're looking for the right guy or uh, combination of guys guys out there. And I think it's a similar situation uh, for the receiver position. Now, the receivers, I think if you bring all of them back, obviously we already saw that Dom Henry has announced that he is leaving, but uh, no offense to Dom, but he's not one of the top six guys for BYU wide receiver and everything it looks like. They're going to bring back Keelan Marion, Darius Lassiter hopefully will be returning, Cody Epps, Parker Kingston, Chase Roberts, all uh, Keanu Hill. Uh, we'll see what happens with Hill. Obviously, he's been in the program for quite a while, but if those guys come back, your wide receiving uh, top six is very, very solid, but if you can go out and find a, an outright uh, stud to join this group, makes you all the more dangerous and obviously gives you more weapons for whoever the quarterback is in 2024, and I think you look and see what you can find when it comes to wide receiver positions. Uh, other thing, uh, offensive line. Now, you probably heard me say that I think the defensive line is critical to BYU find some bodies uh, to upgrade their defensive line. The offensive line, I think, has got a number of guys who I would hope uh, use this offseason and really hone their craft. Now, uh, I have not uh, uh, talked with Connor Pay in a couple of days. He told me he was making making his decision his decision soon on whether he's going to come back or if he's going to pursue uh, going to the professional ranks, etc. for BYU. And his return, I think, is a big part of the calculus here for the offensive line. I think as it stands right now, you're probably looking for a guy, maybe two on that offensive line, but it's not not as pressing a need in my mind as the defensive line is because I think there's some depth in this offensive line. They are young, but you do want to have some development there and see if some of these young guys can make a move and really impress uh, the coaching staff. Obviously, if Jeff Grimes is ultimately going to be BYU's offensive line coach, he'll have to do an evaluation of who's in that O-line room and obviously uh, determine what he wants to do, the best course of action he wants to take. But I think the offensive line is a level two for me right now. And then finally, in the final one, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know what you call it. It's level three I'm, I'm not as concerned if you find like I said, if you find the right guy at this level an absolute stud yeah you bring him in because you, you can't have enough uh studs in your football program absolute outright football players i think that uh, co- the defensive secondary cornerbacks and safety are actually okay right now now you're probably wondering jake they're losing uh eddie hecker they're also losing camden garrett they need a cornerback yeah if you can find the right guy at cornerback sure go out and get him but i would imagine that marcus mckenzie he has shown uh, signs that he can really uh, take the next step uh, assuming that he's 100% healthy now 
after his injury. Maury Bamba wants nothing more than to play more for BYU. Jacob Robinson's going to be back for another year for the Cougars. So the nice part is the cornerbacks at least have some dudes there. And then at safety, with all the injuries they endured, they proved that they're five, six, seven guys deep at safety. So I'm not as concerned about the safety position right now for BYU either. So uh, you look at those two and you say, okay, we're actually probably okay there. I think special teams-wise, uh, you brought in already Sam Vanderhaar, who we had on this podcast on Friday. He's going to fill in that, uh, that uh, the punter position because Ryan Rico has announced that he has accepted an invite to the East-West Shrine game. So I would assume that his collegiate career is all but over. And then obviously a kicker, I thought Will Farron was very, very solid there. Uh, Dalton Riggs will step in for his brother Austin Riggs at long snappers. I think you just kind of carry on at special teams. Uh, I guess you did already portal uh, uh, shop with Sam Vanderhart, even though he was a portal addition uh, from last year's uh, portal class. And then the final position group, I think that you're actually okay with so long as your top two guys return is the running back position. As Aiden Robbins comes back and if LJ Martin comes back, I think that running back position is about as set as you could hope for it to be. And I think you'd be actually feeling pretty good about where the running backs stand. So if you think that I'm up in the night, you think I'm wrong about that, you think there's a position group or a guy or two that you think BYU absolutely needs to pursue in the transfer portal, drop it in the notes. Let us know in the comments section below, whether it's on YouTube or you tweet at us, drop us a note on Instagram, uh, Facebook, whatever it is. We'll nothing more than for your guys' feedback. But I, I so let's recap. So the absolutely critical needs for me, front seven on defense, defensive line, as well as linebackers, absolutely, you've got to go out and find dudes, and a, and a number of them, I feel like, in the portal. That's where they need to spend the most time. Quarterback, absolutely critical in and of itself. Uh, secondary level, guys that you're looking at and saying, okay, if we can find the right guy, yeah, we'll bring in a, a, a guy or two. Offensive line, wide receivers, tight ends, and then uh, potentially uh, that tight end position. We'll see what happens there. And then, obviously, the ones I'm not as concerned about. Special teams, cornerbacks, safeties, and then, obviously, the running back position. We'll see. And I, I the cornerbacks... Similar to the uh, the tight end position, I guess it could be upgraded, I guess, to that level two. But I just, I really feel like uh, General Guilford has got a track record of finding the right combination of guys at cornerback for BYU and knowing the bodies that he has in that room right now, uh, as well as guys like Trey Alexander who are going to be uh, coming into BYU as a, as a signee in this recruiting class. I think that he's probably thinking, you know what, I'm actually okay, but I can tell you this much. I know that General Guilford, uh, he is absolutely tireless in his searches for the right talent uh, for his position group. So if he thinks he needs a dude, don't be surprised if BYU brings in a cornerback uh, or two that he feels like can be impact players. And uh, let's just put it this way, General Guilford has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to his evaluations of athletes. All right, uh, we will finish up today's edition of the show uh, with some thoughts on the BYU basketball program. They are absolutely doing some incredible things. Now 7-0 and on the season. Where will they rise in the national rankings from number 19 this week after a big win over Fresno State? We'll talk about all that as we continue on here momentarily on Locked On Cougars. A quick word, though, on our friends over at FanDuel. As weather gets colder, my friends, uh, the NFL offers stay hot with our friends at FanDuel. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Simply put, it's $150 into your account at FanDuel if your team wins by betting 5 bucks. Simple as that, guys. It's absolutely incredible. Been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get, on the, get in on the action and do it right now with our friends at FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over-unders, and many, many more. They have daily specials. 
Do you want to bet on this BYU basketball program? You think they're going to go thirteen and zero this month? Well, go, guess what? Go and take uh, the money line on the BYU basketball program. You have an NFL team that's your favorite. Uh, obviously, take advantage of that. And like I said, cash in on that one hundred and fifty dollar bonus bet uh, feature from our friends at FanDuel today. So visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon to get started today and have some fun this NFL season. That's FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon to get started today. It's all courtesy of your friends at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. All right, I haven't had as many of you take advantage of the offer I threw out last week on the, uh, on the what am I trying to say? It's on our uh, subtext community. If you want tickets to the Evansville game for BYU basketball tomorrow night, uh, I've got two pairs of tickets uh, for you listening to this podcast. And the way to cash in on those is to join the subtext community and let me know that you're interested. So, uh, like I said, it's a 14-day free trial. It's in the show notes below. Uh, join, be a part of a really kind of fun new community. It's Like I said, it's a direct line to me. If you want to go to the Evansville game tomorrow, uh, let me know uh, and obviously just show that you've signed up uh, at at Subtext. I'll be able to verify it on my end and obviously we'll get you out to that game because Evansville off to a pretty hot start this season and they're coming to Provo, obviously uh, looking to upset the number 19 ranked BYU Cougars and that number 19 ranking probably is going to go up because BYU absolutely trounced uh, Fresno State uh, Friday night inside the Marriott Center. I was there. A number of you uh, were as well. as really really good crowd on hand and uh, the BYU basketball program is absolutely rolling right now. Now a couple of you actually got some comments over the weekend that I've been too football heavy on the podcast. Uh, no offense, but football still is king in Provo. No, no matter what the basketball program is doing right now, there are a number of listeners out there that are going to uh, turn off the podcast if I talk basketball too heavily. Uh, and I just I've got to play to the hits. But the thing about the basketball program right now is that they are seven and zero. They are nationally ranked, and they absolutely look the part of a NCAA tournament caliber squad. Now. The Big 12 schedule starting in the month of January and going throughout the month of uh, February as well is going to absolutely test this BYU basketball program. I think they set up this schedule in the non-conference with the thought, okay, if we get a hot start, obviously a big win over San Diego State at home, winning the Vegas showdown over both ASU and NC State, which both will probably be quad two at worst wins for BYU, and then coming up this week, you beat Evansville tomorrow night, and then you go to Utah on Saturday night in the Huntsman Center and beat the Utes. Who's to say that BYU is not 13-0 once non-conference play ends? And who knows where they're at in the national ranking is at that point at the end of this month. They could absolutely be uh, knocking on the door of the top 10, if not inside of that, just simply due to the fact that they've just been steamrolling their opposition. It's a really, really fun team to watch. Let me be very clear about this. I have watched every game BYU has played uh, so far. Now, the thing about it is the Big 12 is going to absolutely just be a dog-eat-dog world for the men's basketball program program. They're not going to walk in there and I think be a a top contender for the Big 12 championship year one in the Big 12. If they do that, what a marvelous story it would be. And we will be uh, obviously uh, 
picking up on it and talking heavily about it if that is the case. But I guess uh, to answer the the people that think I'm not talking enough basketball right now, I'm really kind of just holding out until Big 12 play begins because this is a good team. This is a phenomenal basketball team. The continuity they had, the additions they've made via the transfer portal themselves have absolutely been awesome. Mark Pope is doing an incredible job with this basketball program, but I'm really kind of holding off until Big 12 play begins. But we will continue to talk about it. We'll talk about the Evansville game tomorrow because, like I said, Evansville is off to a very solid start. And obviously, we've got a huge game on Saturday, the rivalry game against Utah. It's the only true road game BYU plays in the non-conference slate. Uh, We'll probably catch up with JT Wister still of Locked On Utes and do a crossover edition to get his insight on what to expect from the running Utes in this matchup. But there's no reason to think that BYU is not maybe at the very worst 12-1 should they lose Saturday uh, against Utah, if not 13-0 once... uh, conference play begins against Cincinnati on January 6th, if I recall correctly. And then at that point, I think it's really all in on what's going on with BYU basketball for this podcast, because that's the point when it really gets, it feels like real for BYU basketball. Right now, yes, they are doing some really, really impressive things, and I'm very impressed with them, and I will continue to obviously break them down, but uh, until football calms down with the transfer portal, coaching additions, and just a myriad of signing day upcoming, it's going to be football heavy for the next little bit. I know that the season is over for football, and those of you that are hoop heads want more basketball coverage, and I will endeavor to do my best, but understand that there is a there's a balance to all of this. Now, uh, the disappointing news also uh, from the weekend was that BYU women's volleyball was smoked uh, by Arizona State in the second round of the NCAA tournament on their home turf uh, inside the Mar- uh, not the Marriott Center, the Smith Fieldhouse, losing three sets to none. That's a tough way to end the season for BYU women's volleyball, but they just did not have uh, what it, what they typically had had all season long, and that was like Aaron and Livingston hitting at an astronomical rate uh, for the women's volleyball program, so their season ends in disappointing fashion in the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament, and then women's soccer Another poor start uh, for Jennifer Rockwood's squad against Stanford down there in North Carolina, falling behind 2-0. An absolutely furious offensive onslaught for BYU essentially the rest of the game. I think they didn't have to shoot them like 20-3 in the game, but nothing doing for BYU. Yes, yes, there was an awful Awful missed offsides call. They called BYU offsides on a goal that they scored, and the linesman is like three yards behind the play and called it offsides. How can you see that, bro? But nonetheless, a disappointing end to both of those seasons for BYU, just considering the circumstances. I know that women's soccer making it to the Final Four is awesome, but it felt like this women's soccer squad had the pieces to maybe bring home the first national title in BYU soccer history, and for them to fall in the Final Four, yes, it's obviously cool to see them make it to the national semifinal, finals, but this is a team that has made it to the final before and fell short and had goals of hoisting that trophy. And it's a disappointing end to a season that I think Jennifer Rockwood's going to look back on and say what could have been because she loses a lot from this team. And that's the disappointing part for BYU women's soccer. But as they typically do, both the volleyball and women's soccer programs will reload, make another run at it next year. And I'm fully expecting both of them to be right there in the mix once again when it comes to Big 12 play. So there you go. That's everything I got for you guys on this Monday edition of the show. Hope you all are doing well. We'll see when that announcement, if it comes uh, for Jeff Grimes, and obviously we'll have plenty of other coverage. Anything I hear uh, first goes to the subtext community, so join
win it and get in the know uh, from the from the jump. You guys will be ahead of the curve as it is uh, when it comes to knowing everything about, about BYU. So join that today and join us there. Uh, be part of the Locked On Cougars subtext community, part of the podcast uh, community as well. All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you once again for your support of the podcast as always. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day. And of course, thank you to all of you who are everydayers right here on the podcast as well. Until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your Monday. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.